0: Nature's Gem CBD products provide relief from joint pain, back aches, anxiety, sleeplessness, and more. Nature's Gem offers exclusive discounts and weekly deals just for you listeners. One of them this week is $5 off the product I swear by, Rejuvenating Balm. Check out all the CBD goodness at naturesgemcbd.com slash AMR. Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell. How are you doing today, Sarah? Oh my goodness, I'm still chuckling from that dog story you told earlier, Dimity.
1: (laughs) Well, we usually like to start AMR Answers with talking about exercise and our routines, but since it's the holidays, and since we made a double batch of chocolate kiss cookies um, that went awry, I will share that story. So um, I made it with Amelia, my daughter, who's 17. So Friday or Saturday night, uh, Amelia and I planned on making a double batch of Kiss cookies, which um, to be clear, they're also called like peanut butter blossoms. Basically, it's like a peanut butter cookie that you roll in um, granulated sugar, you bake it, you pull it out, you stick a Hershey Kiss on top, you put it back in for a minute or two, and then our family's way of doing it there are different ways but we put it outside to freeze or put them in the freezer to kind of harden the 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 kiss faster you know to make the whole thing just you know cement together yes so um so Devil batch. So that's a lot of cookies, okay? <laughs> so
0: um, envision it—a lot of cookies,
1: a lot of cookies. And um, that night, I mean, we had a great weekend here because it was very snowy and very wintry. So uh, Ben has uh, the only person, the only friend that he's really seen during this whole quarantine is his friend Sam. So uh-huh.
0: Ben and- being your Ben being your fourteen-year-old son.
1: Yep, Ben is my 14-year-old son. So he and Sam were out sledding, uh, trying to catch some some air off jumps they were making, and they came home and um, and banjo. So so Amelia, my daughter, had put the cookies out um, onto our little picnic table off of our back deck. So and they're just still on the cookie sheets, you know, just cooling, chilling. They're just chilling. They're chilling out there with the snow falling down around them, not on top of them, but around them. And, um, and so uh, Ben came home. Banjo, who is our three year old red coon hound, um, was standing at the door. And, uh, you know, that means he needs to go outside. So Ben let him outside, not knowing that there were 55 <laughs> peanut butter blossom, whatever you call them, kiss cookies on the picnic table. And um, we went to go watch the, uh, the four of us, Amelia. Ben, Sam, and I went to go watch The Prom, and about 15 minutes into it, which is a new Netflix movie, uh, 15 minutes into it, Amelia's like, where's Banjo? His (laughs) dog, Mason, was lying on the ground, and I was like, I don't know, maybe up with dad because he wasn't watching with us. Oh, no, Banjo was outside. He had eaten all 55 cookies, all of them, gone, not a Hershey kiss to be found in the snow nearby, nothing.
0: Oh, my gosh. I wish you could cue Banjo's howl right now, which people, if they (laughs) listen closely to any of our podcasts, probably would recognize the howl, because he does sometimes like to talk during our recordings.
1: Yeah. He does. He does. Although he's not been talking lately because boy, that count has had a stomach ache. Holy cow. So when he first did it, like he came back in and I mean, you know, he he used to kind of be able to see his ribs. Just that's the way his physique was. Like he looked like a boa constrictor who had just eaten like a, I don't know, you know, a big fat gazelle or something like that. His ribs were just pushed out. You know, his eyes were kind of bulgy and like, Probably making this up, but they looked cheery, like you know when you eat so much it just feels so bad, and you're just like, "Why did I do that? I just hurt." <laughs> um, you know he couldn't control. I mean, obviously he couldn't control himself. He's a hound, first of all, so he smells everything. And then, oh my gosh, so just gone and gone in a heartbeat. So, um, so that night, so that was Saturday night. I was like, okay, our dogs either sleep. Um, on our beds sometimes or on the floor next on their own beds on the floor next to our beds. And Amelia, he usually sleeps with Amelia. She's like, she's like, I don't want him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he came into, um, uh, the bed with Grant and I, and I was like, I wanted to be able to get him outside if he needed, you know, if he woke up and he mm-hmm. was up or whatever. I mean, I've had enough dogs eat chocolate in my life to know that that is not an issue for my bigger dogs, especially when it's milk chocolate. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: I appreciate you saying that because I was afraid of people being like, but wait, it's a dog. It ate chocolate. And, and I've learned also, I've asked Molly the same question. She's like, Oh yeah. You know, basically reaffirming what you're saying.
1: Yeah. It just depends. I think it depends.
0: Whatever. I just haven't had an issue with it. And,
1: and I've had enough of these, you know, incidents where they've eaten a ridiculous (laughs) amount of chocolate. So Saturday night was fine. Sunday I was like, okay, you know, uh, Ben and Sam walked the dogs that morning. Um, Of course I was like, well, did he poop? How big was his poop? <laughs> now, like, what did it look like with a lot of Hershey kisses in it? Uh, ben didn't, wasn't forthcoming with the details. Um, but then like last night, so Sunday night, he started getting a really bad gas, you know, that I don't know if, if Augie has it or not. But oh my gosh, the dog farts can be so lethal. Oh my just, you know, just coming the hair out of your nose. Yeah. <laughs> and, th- and then that's when I knew that the storm was coming, right? Like, it's not necessarily you know, that's when I knew that things were moving along and we were going to have a night where he needed to be outside. So he slept with us again. Uh, very stinky, very stinky. Um, and I expected him to wake me up in the night. Unfortunately he did not. Uh, so he left basically the equivalent of like a cow pie. Um, <laughs> thankfully on our wooden floor in our TV room, we have a rug in there. We have a couple little rugs, thankfully. I and mean, that's the worst is cleaning dog poop out of rugs. So, um, That was the one, the one redeeming thing out of 55 cookies is that it was an easy cleanup. (laughs) (laughs) He seems to be okay today.
0: Um, I think he's most of it
1: out of him at this point.
0: Oh my gosh. So that didn't make it into the Instagram story. did? (laughs) No,
1: no, that's the thing. Yeah. That's why I told you the story on our meeting was because I'm like, did you see, because Amelia did the Instagram story, but the cool part about it was, um, I put it out on the Many Happy Miles app as well, and Amelia had on um, her East Carolina. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, her um, sweatshirt, which is where she's going to college next fall, and um, someone's like, "Oh, I teach there." Oh. So I haven't circled back to see. I asked where she, what department she taught in, but I was like, "Oh, that's so exciting to have,
0: uh, you know, a, a friend on the faculty." <laughs> yes. <laughs> a friendly face on the on the East Coast when she goes out there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And also you did tell us that you bought replacement ingredients. So you will attack another double batch or single batch, Jim. Double batch.
1: So we can share some with our neighbors. Um that's, you know, that's usually what I do is bring some, spread some sugar around the neighborhood. So um, so yeah, I just didn't have it in me to to do it again. It's a lot of, it's not a lot of work. I mean, come on. It's like <laughs> cookies but you know unwrapping and rolling and in and out and you know all that kind of stuff so I kind of have to rally for myself to do it again. So And then
0: building a barricade around the table when you put them out there. No I'm basically gonna
1: like you know tie him like you know tie him up to a post and not let him move.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness so we did our it was not a party as you and I over the years always our respective families would do the the cookie decorating party but There's one young woman who's part of our um, inner circle, um, Jaden. And so Jaden came over this weekend and I made sugar cookies and we somehow have so many sprinkles. I just, I must've really gone overboard one time. And so just, and I don't know, I don't know where all these sprinkles came from. And so they decorated cookies and usually they lose interest. And then I'm just there slap, 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 just pouring stuff on. And this time I'm like, you are, you all are decorating every single one. And so then Phoebe, my 18 year old and her boyfriend came over and they did a really nice job decorating some cookies. So they all got decorated. I, oh, good. And Phoebe did the cleanup. So score. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I think, we do our sugar cookies this coming weekend, so you know maybe mm. I'll do a double, a double batch of a double batch. <laughs> no, oh my! I'll go away, do not put the dog outside.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, well let's move on to the questions. This one is from Jessica in Sydney, Ohio. Hi, this
2: is Jessica from Sydney, Ohio. I was just training in the snow, and I was wondering um, if you guys had any recommendations recommendations for shoes to get, like shoes that have grips. I'm running on um, asphalt mostly, so anything that you can help me with would be great. Thank you.
0: All right. Like you, Dim, she got some snow. Um, So, Jessica, good job getting out there no matter what the weather. Um, So, for me, it's not about switching shoes because – I mean uh, I mean, I guess in some place like ohio you'd get you might get some uh, enough miles out of a, a true winter shoe, but I think it 's a whole lot easier to get a pair of a set of traction devices that you pull on over your soles of your shoes so and the analogy that I thought of is that if you 've ever driven in the the mountains of the west of the u s there you 'll see the You know, chain area. And so you have to carry chains that you put on the tires of your car. And so it's the same sort of thing. They're basically like um, chains for your shoes. Chains for your shoes.
1: Chain up. It's uh, mandatory in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. So there are definitely a lot of different kinds out there. The two main brands are Yak Tracks and Catula, I think it's. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Just make sure when you're, you know, if you're browsing Amazon or, um, you know, a local running store site, make sure you get the ones that are built for running. Um, they have other ones that are a little bit more substantial that are just built for like walking on ice, for like postmen and people going hiking and that kind of thing. And those are maybe a little bit too built up for what you want for running.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So and they're <laughs> often called ice cleats because um, it's a little you're kind of like searching for. It. It's like, huh, what phrase do I use? So ice cleats is is um, what they're often called. And so, yeah, um, my BRF, the one I alluded to earlier, Molly, she and I both have Yak Tracks Pro, and they have more rubber than some models because what it is is that they um, have little spikes and um, coils that are um, like metal coils that are over rubber or elastic or something like that. And here in Portland, we use them a lot when we have black ice. Um, and so that there's no cushioning underneath the, you know, it's just black ice on pavement. There's no cushioning of snow. So, um, and some of the ice cleats are kind of built up. So if you were in a situation like we were, it'd be kind of awkward and it would be a lot underneath your feet. Whereas with the Yak Tracks Pro, I don't feel like, even if there's just patches of black ice, I will still wear them. Even if I'm running on clean pavement, I don't know, for 70% of the run or something. Cause I have learned my lesson um, <laughs> as you have, Timothy as well. Um, that, you know, all you need is one patch of black ice to, to take you down.
1: Exactly. Well, and I've tried the, I've tried the Tracks Pro. I like those in the Ketula micro spikes. Um, mm-hmm. I've tried those. Um, I have a pair of those. I really like those as well. Very, very minimal screws in them. Um, I mm-hmm. use them. I mean, a long time ago, it feels like now when I was trying to do that 50 K, um, in superior. Mm -hmm. And I was out training a lot on the trails, um, in the, cause the race was in the spring. So I was training a lot on the trails in the winter time. Um, and it's nice because, uh, they're both, both the pros and the Cthulhu ones that we're talking about are small enough that if you are, you know, if you're going for a longer run and you're carrying like a, you know, a hydration pack or something, you can just easily slip them in there. So I used to take them on and off depending upon where I was. That's clever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's good. Never, What's that? it, never, it never occurred to me to take them off in a run, but I mean, it's, a, I wasn't going as long as you were. So, I mean, you know, yeah. 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 Well, and they're easy to get on and off. That's not like
1: they're, you know, it's not, maybe you have to sit down on a log or a bench or something, but it's not like you have to unlace your shoes. And
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, um, yeah. The other thing is um, another option. If you have a pair of shoes that you um, maybe are going to like mileage wise could last through the winter, but you're not super interested in like, they won't make it to spring is um, it's really easy. It's called uh, screw shoes. Um, mm-hmm. We can link to it, but basically you're just putting little half inch or three quarter inch uh, screws in the bottom of your shoes. And um, Matt Carpenter, who is a uh, very uh, well-known uh ultra runner. And he also, he lives in Colorado Springs. Like he's kind of a legend down there. He has a very easy page that shows you how to do it. Um, so we'll link to that. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do a little DIY project and
0: um, that's, that's another option. It's so funny, Dim, because when I was making up the notes, I was like, "Oh, well, and I know there's one other thing that would be good for Dimity to say. And then I'm like, five minutes later, I'm like, yeah, I don't remember what that was. And and when, before you start saying that, I'm like, oh, it's to make your own. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for knowing what I wanted you to say. <laughs> time. I love saying DIY. Yes. Right. BOGO and DIY. Demony likes to speak in acronyms. Uh, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right. This one is from Katie in Chapin, South Carolina.
2: Hey y'all. This is Katie from Chapin, South Carolina. Um, I was calling for a question about track work. Um, I've been a longtime runner. I've done three marathons, but has been kind of new to the scene of track work and wanted to maybe get some input from y'all um, about some things that you could do to focus on speed, strength, um, just trying to make that a more consistent thing in my training and try to stay motivated. Um, I really appreciate y'all's uh, show. Love it. Listen to it every week. I really look forward to it. Um, thank you so much.
0: So for starters, Katie, thank you for being a regular listener of the podcast. We really appreciate your devotion. And second, kudos to you for being track curious. Oh, that's a good one, Sarah. Thank, track thank you. Thank you. you. Yeah. Uh, we got we to take our props so we can
1: get them these days, right? <laughs> Creativity. So yeah, going to the track is an awesome idea, Katie. Uh, nothing else. It gives you a change of scenery, which I think is nice. Um, it's a really forgiving surface on your joints. So it's, you know, akin to like trail running, um, much better than concrete or asphalt. Um, obviously no cars last I checked. <laughs> yes. The one that the track that I used to run on has plenty of, do you, do you, do you call it
0: goose grease or goose poop? You've heard of I've, goose. I've never heard of goose grease. To me, that would be what you are left with when you cook a goose, like for a holiday meal.
1: Well, back around the, you know, the lakes that I grew up on, we call it goose grease. It's basically, you know, let's talk, let's see how many references of animal poop we can get into this. um, (laughs) The track around where I used to go is often, it's a favorite locale of the Canadian geese. So it also often has Mm. a lot of goose poop on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Tracks are 400 meters, which is about a quarter of a mile. So 0.25 on your Garmin. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can even... And then there's marks on the tracks, which sometimes I understand what they mean. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I don't. don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is a staggered start. Here I am. And I don't know what I'm doing exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah so you 400 meters, you know, is 0.25, four times around is, is a mile. So
0: um, it's nice because it keeps it very clean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I mean, if a quarter mile repeat seems too onerous, you know, too big of a chunk to chew off, you can always break it in half and go halfway around and it's 200 meters um, you know, a lot of people also like to start with maybe running the straights and walking the curves. Um, and so, I mean, I, one thing I like about a track is, um, particularly these days, there seem to be more people on them. So they can serve as nice motivation to kind of, you know, little rabbits to chase. Um, I do feel, though, I am not, I'm, this is a little bit of a sidebar, I do not wear a mask when I run. I do, I have been to a track maybe twice since the pandemic, and I think if I were to go back now, I might wear a mask. Just, I'd be getting a lot of stink eye here in Portland if I didn't wear a mask on the track. So I had to throw that in there. Um, so I'll admit that I only do track workouts if they're on my training plan. Um, it's just, I don't know, I've done a lot of track workouts in my day. And now, unless they're on the training plan, I don't do it. So, but I, um, I do think it's a nice way to get you to commit And whether that's whether you're on an actual training plan or Katie, you know, if you write it down and say that you're going to go, you know, next Tuesday, then at least you can hold yourself accountable, even if there's not a true plan.
1: Sure, sure. And when you get there, I mean, obviously, for a workout, you want to you've already mentioned kind of straights and curves, that's that's um, a great way to get. Acquainted with the track, so doing a nice easy warm up you know, 10 minutes of just jogging and then you know, um, run the straights, walk the curves, or, or run the straights, jog the curves, whatever feels good to you. Um, basically, like you're going to want to not obviously go all out <laughs> um, for your first track workout, you're going to want to. Mm-hmm build up in mileage. I mean, typically a track workout for somebody who is training for a half marathon or marathon is somewhere between two and three miles of hard work, right. Mm -hmm. Of, of, of pace, you know, I'm running an 800, I'm running a 400, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you're going to want to work up to that. I mean, a good place to start is maybe with like three, 400s or four, 400s. And Mm -hmm. so run a 400 at a pace that feels you know, uncomfortable to you, not like Mm -hmm. we're not sprinting it, but you're definitely challenging yourself. Um, And a good way to kind of get like enough rest, there there are two two schools of thought. One is say you're running a 400 and it takes you um, two and a half minutes. Okay. Um, You're just running a straight out 10 10 minute mile. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're going to want to rest for two and a half minutes before you start again. The other school of thought is you take as much rest as you need until you're ready to go again and as somebody who's trying it for the first time i would say definitely take the full two and a half minutes and then maybe see if you want a little bit more Um, Mm -hmm. and then you can add on from there you can add on to you know people like to do pyramids that's kind of a fun thing to do so you go like 400 800 1200 Mm -hmm. uh a mile and back down fun in quotation yeah i was about
0: to say fun in quotations exactly
1: um or you can play with it you know 800s tend to be um that sweet spot that people, um, you know, it's hard enough going around twice pushing yourself. Um, so those seem, seem to be super effective for people. So you, you can kind of play with it. You can also just Google like beginner track workouts and find some fun stuff to do. But the good news is it makes the workouts go by a lot faster. Um, and it's also like we said, it's kind of clean and fun. And you can kind of push yourself a little bit more because you're not worried about tripping on something or mm-hmm. a stoplight or, you know, all that kind of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm yeah, and I think, um, Katie, for starters, really don't go more than once a week or even kind of, you know, every other week, that sort of thing. You really don't want to burn out because it is, it is a step up, um, pun intended, uh, in terms of workout. And Sorry. so you want to um, kind of be fresh and excited to go, not be like, I got to go again. Yeah, yeah. I know we all deal with stress and anxiety in different ways, yet I suspect many of you are like me putting in more miles to run our stress into the ground. The cruel irony is the additional miles can bring on aches and pains. That's why I've been reaching for the Nature's Gem CBD Rejuvenating Balm more often. Nature's Gem offers a variety of CBD products, including oil and gummies that taste good and are THC free. That's why several elite athletes trust and use the products in their quest to qualify for the Olympics. Nature's Gem Rejuvenating Balm is the company's number one selling product and a favorite of mine. My feet are often my proverbial Achilles heel, so to banish foot pain, I massage Nature's Gem Rejuvenating Balm into my feet while watching Netflix in the evening. If my feet feel tight or stressed pre-run, I rub on the balm before pulling on my socks and shoes for my morning miles. When I was swimming, I used it on my upper arms and back, which sometimes feel a bit sore from overuse. The founder of Nature's Gem, a mother runner, just told me she's putting in 3,500 yards in the pool. I gotta catch up with her. With weekly specials and offers just for our audience, go to naturesgemcbd.com slash AMR. There's always three deals. The one that caught my eye this week is $5 off rejuvenating balm plus free shipping. To get this deal and the others, go to naturesgemcbd.com slash AMR. That's naturesgemcbd.com slash AMR. All right. This question comes from Emily in Tualatin, Oregon.
2: Hi, Sarah and Dimity. This is Emily calling from Tualatin, Oregon, right outside of Portland. And I have a question for you both about training for my first 50K trail race. It is supposed to happen in May of next year. And I have run over five marathons, and I don't even know how many half, but I currently i'm only running roads i have a four two and five month old in my house and so i am limited to running early in the morning from my home which is not nearby trails so my questions are how many days a week do you think i need to be running trails in preparation for my race is there a starting mileage that you would recommend? And is there a percentage of my training plan that needs to be run on trails versus roads? Thanks so much for your help. I look forward to hearing from you.
0: So hello, Tualatin. That's the town that I've been driving to for the pool, um, Dim, which is closed until our lockdown is lifted. Uh, so I'm missing that's it.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Let's just say Tualatin a couple times, just because that's such a fun word to say. <laughs> Google voice did not know how to transcribe that at all. um so and that's very exciting about the 50k emily and my goodness your children are quite young so you get i think maybe extra points for that um the, i think your youngest is now six months it it was five months when she left the message and it was about a month ago so i did my math yeah yeah so um so get on you that's awesome yeah
1: um as far as getting to the trail i mean it is important for you to do that um both for uh, getting used to just running on the trail, that's such a different experience than running on pavement or asphalt. Um, You know, you need to have your ankles strong, like uh, the the ligaments and tendons around your ankles, around your knees, around your hips. Um, So like, because there's a lot more, the terrain changes obviously pretty quickly when you're trail running, so it's not that nice smooth surface. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition, Uh, Your pace is going to change quite a bit. So, you know, if you are pacing thinking a 50 K is going to take you X amount of time on the road, you're going to need to um, figure out how long a mile takes you on the trail, which is definitely going to be a little bit longer. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also if that, if you're a 50 K that you've picked, if you have one picked out and you know that it's going like as far as it's definitely going to be the, you know, the race is going to be open and it's going to go, um, going up and down hills on a trail again is different than going up and down hills on a road. And that's not, you know, it's definitely very doable, but you need to spend some time on the trails, especially because a 50 K is not, it's not a 10 K, right? It's not something that you can like, okay, maybe I'll just kind of go see how it goes and I'll be done no matter what in, you know, 90 minutes or whatever, you're going to be out there for a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the percentage question, I was intrigued by that. Um, And it's just, you know, Emily has that extra consideration of childcare or, you know, help from her spouse or a family member and maybe having to go a little further afield. I, I know where the pool is in Tualatin, but I'm not sure where a whole bunch of trails are there. So it might be a question of driving 20, 25, 30 minutes to get to some trails that she can really kind of stretch herself on.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, it's definitely a commitment, right? I mean, that's t- going back to those trails that I was running on to get ready for the 50 K. Like that was, you know, those were half an hour from my house and then you're out there for two to three hours, another half an hour home. And then, you know, it takes forever. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big commitment. <laughs> yeah, 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 So, so the biggest thing is if you can do your long runs on the trails, Emily, um, pretty, Reliably, pretty regularly. That doesn't mean every single long run has to be on the trail, but I would aim for three out of four. And if you end up getting two out of four, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, really getting familiar with the trails, what it feels like. It's not important to go do, you know, your 45, 50 minute easy run on a Tuesday on the trails, but it is important Mm -hmm. to be out there for, like we said, you know, the two to three hour runs, three to four hour runs, that kind of thing. Because it's not just, you know, it is physical preparation, it's mental preparation, but it's Mm -hmm. also, Um, your gear, right? You're probably gonna be carrying a backpack, um, or some kind of hydration pack, I guess I should say. And what are you eating? What are you drinking? How are you attacking the hills? Are you going to walk up them and run down the other side? Like you definitely need some time in there just to find your find your groove.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I mean, I think the good, uh, a glimmer of good news for Emily is I um, read somewhere that you can really be doing that in the two months leading up to the race. So perhaps, you know, she said her race is in May. So this isn't something that, you know, the stroke of midnight for, you know, January 1st, she doesn't need to be doing it. <laughs> but, I got to get to the trail right now. Yeah, but, but, you know, so, so maybe... Um, you know, late February, early March is when she should really be making that commitment. So c- kind of get the, the building blocks in place, the, the support structure that she needs in place so that she can um, get out there and hit the trail. So, and, and good luck and let us know on our Facebook page how you do, Emily. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. yeah. And if you cross train by swimming uh, in the next couple of months, say hi to me if you see me. Uh, <laughs> so our final question is from Jen in New Jersey.
2: Hey, Sarah and Dimity. This is Jen from New Jersey. My question is, what are your plans for 2021? We know how 2020 went for everybody. Just wondering if you guys are looking forward to uh, anything for the upcoming year. Thanks for everything you do for the community.
0: So, and thank you, Jen. And I'm taking your question to mean that you want to know about our athletic plans for the new year. Um, Not like, you know, I don't know where we daydream of taking a trip, maybe in the the second half of the year or something, but um, so I'm going to go first with my answer as it isn't you know, as shiny and new as Dimity's, Um, who knows, maybe Dimity will surprise me, but I I think I know what her answer might be. So 2021 is going to be a do-over year for me with the Missoula Marathon. I was doing the Heart and Soul Marathon Level 2 training. I was really digging it. I was finding my heart rate training groove, was having some really good results, um, both on the track and off, um, Harkening back to that question. And I started training for that in, um, I think it was February 10th. And I kept training, I believe, until the end of May. And so I did the bulk of the training. So now I'll just start that wheel up again. And we, you know, we, um, uh, you know, are optimistic that we'll get to go to Missoula Marathon. That's at the uh, last weekend in June. So we're hoping that um that everything um that we are things are open by then. Comes <laughs> together by then. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So yeah, I mean I'm excited to go to Missoula if mm. we can do that. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be cheering my little guts out. Um mm. and I don't, you know, so my plans, I'm not sure what you think I'm doing, Sarah. <laughs> um we're talking about I mean I'm talking about doing another hiking adventure
0: with my friends Joe and Jess.
1: Yeah. 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 But it wasn't, I think you have in there rim to rim to rim. I'm not, I'm not doing that.
0: Oh, I thought you were just going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, like a hundred times or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not living in the Grand Canyon. So we've looked at a couple different areas about like, you know, we like a good long day hike. We don't want to camp right now. So we're just going to kind of uh, start, well, kind of, they've kind of started training. I haven't quite gotten there yet, but um, we're going to pick the locale based on, um, You know the coronavirus and what Mm -hmm. makes sense to go to, and uh, and if if it even makes sense at all, because we're thinking about doing it kind of um, end of sometime in May, early. Oh, mm. oh, I don't know if that that might be a little bit too ambitious, but Mm -hmm. if nothing else, like we just wanted to put it on the calendar and have something to look forward to
0: and something daydream about, yeah,
1: exactly. And if it doesn't work out, then we'll we'll move it accordingly. Like we're not going (laughs) to be unsafe or or stupid. So that's that's one thing. And then the other thing that I'm hoping that we get to do is the Iron Horse with Grant on oh, yeah. um, the bike ride that um, got canceled last May. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping I'll be crazy strong. I'm climbing a lot on the <laughs> Nordic track bike, I can tell you that. Did a little uh, version of the um, Tour de... Uh, at a stage, probably like a, a third of a stage today <laughs> um, of the Tour de France, and that was fun. And uh, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I'm just, I don't... I don't want to. I want to have some optimism about what we can do, um, but I also don't want to get too hung up on um, really. I mean, we know how quickly plans have changed, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. until it's here and we're ready to rock and roll, like I, I want to hold it up as like a glimmer of hope, but not get too invested in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Manage your expectations.
1: There you go. That's that's a much quicker way of saying that, yeah.
0: Well, that would be a busy May for you though, if you did both of those.
1: Well, yeah, I'm guessing Iron Horse would probably go a different time, but maybe mm-hmm. it would, you know, I'd be mm-hmm. ready to climb. I just climb on climb all through May.
0: <laughs> Are we there yet? Are we there yet? No, no, not yet. So, all right. Well, our next episode, the final answers episode of 2020 is going to be a best of show. So we would love to play the questions that you most enjoy, enjoyed hearing the answers to. So we'd love your, to tell us which Q and A's Um, to include, and there's three ways you can communicate with us, Um, psychically, smoke signals. No, 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 I'm joking. Uh, (laughs) um, You can tweet us at the mother runner. That's our handle on Twitter. You can uh, post your question on our facebook page which is another mother runner you should be following both of those regardless or you can email us at BAMR, that's b-a-m-r at another mother runner.com we'd love your suggestions by december 23 again reach out to us on twitter facebook or email and thanks in advance
1: and keep those questions coming guys because we're here with answers and some oh we don't have any more peanut butter kiss cookies my <laughs>